I'm Sarah Adams and this is Cosmic Conversations and today we have the Her Talks on as our guest. Go ahead and tell me a little bit more about yourself, Dr. Well, Her Talk. Thank you for inviting us. We're so happy to be here. Desiree and I are social scientists, which means we're interested in the human dimension of life. Mm-hmm. We've been together for 45 years. We've traveled around the world. We are interested in the spiritual dynamic and why so many young people throughout the world, including yourself, are interested in the change of the paradigm, going from the traditions of only a small percentage of humanity having spiritual experiences to what we would call the humanity at large that's waking up to what we all know is there, which is our spiritual potential. Mm-hmm. And that's remote healing, remote vision, remote knowledge that doesn't come from books, but from experiences with the light. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Ojeka wrote a book called The Keys of Enoch. Some of you may know that. And it's based on the fact of a direct experience, not with extraterrestrials, but what we call ultra-terrestrial intelligences. But what's interesting in addition to that is that people all over the world are now starting to have experiences. So whereas in the 70s, when he had that uh, unique profound understanding taken to these other realms, now it's getting to be some of the new norm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, according to what the spirits have told me, they said that's because there is the greatest discovery that's going to happen since thousands of years, and that's the discovery of the light within us, which is God, which is the soul, and that's happening now on this planet. So more and more people are experiencing these things. I think you could say that we're discovering the man-God-woman-God partnership that we're not by ourselves on a little blue-green planet called Mother Earth, but we're all connected with the divine family. Mm-hmm. And we all have various responsibilities and roles to play in life. But ultimately, it's the higher dedication to life, capital L, that's important, mm-hmm. that we are here to be of service to all humanity and not just take a singular approach mm-hmm. of one particular philosophy or one particular sociology, but to see that all humanity is in this quest for new knowledge. and the Survival of the human race depends upon how we relate to one another with spiritual knowledge, as well as Mother Earth, which is the foundation of the evolution itself. Right, we call it the Great Awakening, I think, that's taking place. A lot of people are starting to call it that. And what's interesting is, yeah, I mean, the awakening within is key, but there's also going to be, and I think that's part of what your vision is as well, an awakening without where we not only see each other as brothers and sisters and realize we're not separated, and we know that from things like remote viewing, but also that there's really a whole cosmic reality, not only extraterrestrials, but what we call extracelestials and ultra-terrestrials. And these are all beings on different levels of reality. But like quantum physics, they don't actually just like leave where they are and come here. The extraterrestrials, maybe. But these extracelestials and ultraterrestrials, they exist in these realms and all they have to do is materialize like an aspect of them. I call it an emanation of them. And then they can be in our midst. But, you know, people think, oh, you know, why would they ever come here? Well, you know, they come to millions of places simultaneously. It's all about consciousness. I think that's some of your experience as well. Exactly. So what they told me is that, you know, what's happening here on this planet will affect 2 billion years in the future. So there are, and it can affect it in a positive or negative way. So they do this work to bring up consciousness so it doesn't cause any damage also in the future. That's what they were telling me recently. And last night, oddly enough, from what he was just saying, the spirits were telling me, yes, that we need an awakening on this planet 
so that it can save human it will save humanity yes this has to be done very carefully because we've been split the scientific part of our mind is looking at pragmatic reality the spiritual side is looking at multi-dimensional reality right and now both are coming together but it requires great sensitivity greater love and greater respect mm -hmm. and unfortunately this is not normally taught in the western science and so this is the coming of a new age what we call the age of the divine feminine or some will call it the age of the divine spirit mm -hmm. we'll begin to see how the inner development is crucial before the outer development of contact with the cosmic cultures we must strive to really understand the cosmic powers that we have and so as illustrated on the cover of my book the image of the dove represents the divine spirit the, the dove of peace the seven radiations of light represent the seven seals or seven chakras with the human hands catching the different levels of light mm -hmm. that is to be used so it's the plurality of light it's the plurality of, of the future of peace mm -hmm. in the age of the divine spirit we unfortunately my wife was trained by many gifted uh, teachers at the walt disney corporation so she's been able to illustrate what she calls and i call the ultra celestials ultra terrestrials these are more in the etheric per physical realm and it's hard to come up with scientific pictures of things that are rather abstract but we've been able to do this as we have shown you prior to this conversation for example we call these cosmograms or cosmic pictures and if you look very carefully you see many different levels of reality you mm -hmm. see sacred geometries particularly in pyramidal form or geometric form you see the use of colors that represent a language of balance and holism mm -hmm. and then in many instances we have an illustration of ancient names in egyptian arabic aramaic hebrew even sanskrit that show that the vibrations of the chakras are necessary that are to say we need to open up our spiritual communication along with our mental facilities right and speaking about the mental facilities i mean what you're both saying is something that we understood from the 70s from dr jack's experience and that is really they are feeding us information so that we are prepared for this great change this great information we'll say overlap and we call it a space-time overlap where our connection to reality starts opening to greater realms of intelligence but they're giving us information like the history of the planet that we've been here for thousands and thousands of years way beyond six thousand years this is starting to be understood that there's great vortexes of energy around the planetary sphere but also what he was told is that there's vortexes of energy throughout the whole milky way and like orion yes. being a key vortex mm -hmm. so you know we're starting to understand these things genetics that our genetic code is also out in space i think I often say one of the weirdest things is not finding little green men on other planets, but finding ourselves, what we would call yeah, the organic species, on other planets. So how did they get there? Did they just happenstance the exact same way we did? I mean, there's no way, you know? I mean, basically, we're cosmic beings, and we're starting to understand. But we've been a little bit, we'll say, violent kids, you know? We're mm -hmm. like, <laughs> haven't been so nice. I, I think there's something like less than 300 years of uh of peace on this planet for the last like 4,000 years or something like that it's crazy so you know we need to really start making a change in our consciousness and desiree mentioned the genetic code and what i was shown my experience is one of the divine names which is on the cover of the book yod hey vod hey represents really the four elements hydrogen nitrogen oxygen and carbon all of these elements being brought together 
form what we would call the basic essentials okay. of how the home genetic code vibrates. And so there's a pre-code to the biological code. In other words, there's a vibratory mechanism in the universe that brings together the basic building blocks of evolution. So the human evolution is one of many. And what we're discovering in our space program and through the testimony of several of the astronauts that we have known and talked to you is there is technology out there that's not from this planet. There's life out there that's similar to us, but it's not from this planet. It shares the same biophotonic energy code. And that's what our work is all about, is to look at the actual realities behind the scenes of how we can be able to put together a whole new language of correspondence. Some of the astronauts have told me they have heard sounds in space that sound like ancient Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we do know that the, one of the most historic traditions of India that uh, speaks of worlds beyond this world is a clue, mm -hmm. just like the teachings of China and Egypt to other dimensions or other cycles of space and time that we have lost connection with. And I believe that in the 21st century, we're now bringing all of the pieces together, but it requires a human heart to be more expansive. It requires a great compassion for all people. Otherwise, we're simply back in the same old game. That's true. And you know, so when you have the frequencies of the four elements, so I go and I meditate in the wind, I go meditate in the water. When you have the frequencies of the four elements, that then lights up what I call the God gene within you. And that's where you go, I go, Genesis, in the book of Genesis, gene Isis, mm -hmm. I see, I see, yes. and it's a whole code. And once the God genes lit up, then we have power over the elements, and the elements willingly listen to us because we have balanced those energies within us. We lit up the God gene, and of course that also is connected to having the heart chakra lit up. And then we can tell the world, you know, there's pollution. We can tell the skies to transmute that energy and heal of pollution. So we have all the solutions that we need within our system because we're, we're God energy. And well said, we are embryo God, small g, waking up yes. to an evolutionary process that doesn't stop with Mother Earth. Yes. And this is what the keys are all about. It speaks of the higher evolution that is a master universe mm -hmm. of which we are a subsystem where we as humans, somewhere along the line, began to put the pieces together or the sparks mm -hmm. of life. The artistic, the musical, the scientific, the deep, profound spiritual and psychological awakenings. And when we do that, we begin to realize that we are basically meant uh, to be cosmic citizens. Yes. Right. I, I also want to just add, in part of my message right now is as we start understanding who we are, we really have the power to make a real difference. A lot of people out there, and I think a lot of youth especially, feel that we're kind of like, there's nothing we can do. And that is totally unreal. I mean, we have power. We've done prayers for peace since the 70s for the Middle East. We've actually done prayer groups and we'll say meditation intention groups, whichever way you want to say that, to like change the course of hurricanes. You know, yes. we've done, you know, many, many to cause rain. Uh, actually, just recently, of course, we're here in Sedona and there was a big fire coming and a lot of people were afraid. And I said, you know, get together, do prayers. You know, what happened? They did that. The storm started, uh, the fire started getting under control, and also then rains came, you know. So, I mean, these are things we can do. And you said you have power over the four elements. We really have to take control of that. It's better if we can do it collectively, but we can also do it individually if we wish. So, to many, this might seem like a gross exaggeration, but really there are components 
known to the natives, particularly the indigenous of the American Southwest, mm -hmm. that the use of certain mantras or chanting can change the water molecule to create a certain rain burst rainstorms. Yes. And in our book with the great scientist Elizabeth Rauscher, top mathematician at Stanford Research Institute, in mm -hmm. Total Mind Dynamics, we point out that there are gifts and powers that we're just beginning to understand that when we put our energies together collectively as a team, we can change the psychic balance. So it's really two things. It's intention, which is Lynn McTaggart talks about that a lot, and intention into that consciousness field. And then extension into humanity. Well, which is also through sound and vibration. And of course, everyone has their own different ways of putting that sound out. And we were calling it the other day on uh, a virtual group, weather shamanism, because the shamans have talked about this a lot. And so, you know, that's just something to realize. There's sound vibrations that are going to be activating certain fields. So, and I've, you know, I've experienced that since a child of affecting weather and I'd go into this really high state and all this energy would come through and it would like affect the weather. And so I realized that, so we do have powers and that's the thing. And to heal our oceans and heal our entire planet, we need to actually start accessing that and then use that collectively to do this work. And that's the solution. Otherwise, you know, the other day I was walking and I was like, oh, I could smell the air was like rotten in it's there's not enough energy on this planet flowing through this planet right now and we are capable and we're able to channel the energies to bring the frequency of the planet up and that's for me that's the future of humanity that's what's going to save humanity and one of our research associates was working with dolphin communication and the dolphins were telling us that we had neglected to understand our brothers and sisters in the oceans, the whales, yeah. the dolphins in particular, have language systems. And one of my associates from the South American country of Colombia, Jorge Reynolds, studied really the pulsations of the dolphin and the whale heart. And that was his model for developing a pacemaker. And he was a top scientist who worked with NASA that allowed a submarine to go alongside the whale family and mm -hmm. study the vibration. So, there's a lot that we can learn that we have interspecies communication with the birds, uh, with the dolphins, with other species forms, all telling us that we have to change the way we look at life, the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at Mother Nature. But Mother Nature is really the t key element here, teaching us through the changes that are taking place on all sides to slow down technical development and become more human oriented rather than technology oriented. We have to balance the two. But I think that's why we're here, all of us. I mean, this is a critical time to be on this planet. I think we all agree with that. So it's important to stay here, do what we can. But it's not just us alone. And I think that's so important. As you're saying, you're getting guidance with the fact that, you know, we have to be here. We have to do certain things at a certain time to think about certain things, to make certain changes. But it's really, a lot of this is being guided. And that's why when 2012 came and people were saying, oh, it's the end of the world, we said, we actually did a whole big conference in, in Cancun <laughs> called Beyond After 2012. And we had 1,500 people, it was fabulous. But the idea is that, you know, it's not just gonna be here today, gone tomorrow. I mean, there's a whole progress and there's a lot of extraterrestrial and ultra-terrestrial and extra-celestial intelligences that are feeding us information, that are protecting us mm -hmm. on certain levels. We'll say, you know, there was a meteorite coming this way and 
some reason it kind of blew up or whatever, you know, I mean, that could have been from extraterrestrial sources trying to protect us. Now, I'm not saying, I don't know all the details, but there's a lot of things that they're helping us with. They're giving us the information, they're giving us the scientific information, they're giving us the consciousness awareness, and um, we have to start being sensitized to that and working closer to, with them and who they are. And I think that's what we're all working with right now. I agree with that, and they told me that you know they've kept a nuclear war from happening, so they're very much intent on doing so while the consciousness of this planet does um, raise up. So that's that's one of the things that they do. So they are they're interacting with us to a certain point while they're they're they can't get too involved in our karma. We need to find that strength in our that God power within ourselves. Otherwise, if they rescue us and save us all the time. We're just going to get back into That's the right. same can't, mess. <laughs> they, can't, they can't hand reality to us on the platter. Yes. We have to discover this in our own consciousness time. Mm -hmm. But to pick up on what you said, uh, we had the opportunity to work years ago with Jaime Maussan, who became an international journalist from Mexico City with Televisa, and he showed us documents from various governments, the Brazilian, the Mexican, even several of the European, that showed what he claims and what we saw to be unidentified vehicles going in and out of certain volcanoes and dampening yes. the volcanic activity. Yes. You know, like around in, in my conversation with uh, astronaut Gordon Cooper, who was one of the pioneer astronauts in space decorated by the president, uh, John F. Kennedy, he said that uh, the extraterrestrials have definitely tried to prevent war situations from happening, which would be they've nullified accidents with nuclear tip uh, weapon systems. So, Putting all this together is we are in a schoolhouse. We are realizing our responsibilities mm -hmm. to go towards nonviolence, to go to harmony between all cultures, to understand the sensitivity of the animals and interspecies communication that's going to give us a greater consciousness, awareness of who we are in the greater scheme of things. And finally, we need a spiritual cosmology to see the roadmap that can connect us with a variety of civilizations out there in the universe not through guesswork, but through actual contact, and this is where your work comes in. The ability to feel spiritual dynamics, to receive knowledge that's credible, and to check out with scientists and investigators like ourselves to say, yes, this is something that's not going on, but we have to see the big picture, because it doesn't make any sense to the old scientists who are looking only through a microscope. Logical mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, they really hate uh, nuclear weapons, and of course they've neutralized them in the bottom of silos, and this has been reported many times, Robert Sala being one, and Betwaters being others. Betwaters, which is the base of the U.S. and British intelligence, that had a, a nuclear weapons storage it, area that was secret, not known until the extraterrestrial yeah. ship appeared over it blowing the whistle. And that happened also in Brazil, right? That there was actually an uh, area coming with development of nuclear energy, and they actually... I have actually a picture from uh, 1986 in Brazil. One of the Brazilian uh, newspapers shows me gathering information from NASA with these strange spherical objects in the sky, a whole flotilla of them, flying over an unknown um, military site that was developing yeah. nuclear uh, potential. And this sort of blew the whistle on something that even NASA authorities were not aware of that was taking place in southern Brazil. So we are being told in a polite way, understand your spiritual history, understanding that your ancestors knew that there was life amongst the stars, understand that you have a positive future if you wish to 
engage with your higher energy centers we call chakras in the traditions of the east or the the seven seals in the western traditions of spirituality put on that crown of knowledge of higher purpose and direction and get on with human development and you know i wanted to go back to the subject of you know where you were talk talking about the dolphins because i had an experience where i was out of my body and then i was summoned to where there was a whole bunch of sperm whales and they were trying to beach themselves so i spoke to them i said why are you trying to beach yourselves and they said because the satellites um they're the 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 waves the satellites are sending down is hitting the ocean it's like they're hearing rock music a heavy metal music 24 hours a day which is driving them crazy so they're beaching themselves because they cannot cope with the frequencies of our technology this is so important what you just said and i want to emphasize that desiree and i are also musicologists we've worked with leading composers including stephen helpern and we've put together music for the dolphins and we were able to communicate in fact when we were doing this in Hawaii and other places, Desiree had the dolphins communicate with her using the sacred mantras in, in ancient Hebrew and Sanskrit. These sounds are international. They're not of one particular culture, but they're sounds that blend in with the sounds that animals, all life forms, generate on a certain vibration level, generally in concert with the vibrations of Mother Earth, which is F, F sharp. Mm -hmm. And so we find that there is a desire for the animals to have us move away from heavy metal music to spiritual music that is more harmonic and symphonic. Right. And there's no doubt that the electronics is probably penetrating. Wi-Fi, yeah. 5G, all that stuff, the yeah. satellite systems, yes. So then it was quite interesting because after having that experience with that group of whales, I read in the newspaper three days, because I was in England, I read in the newspaper, it was all over the newspapers three days later, that whole group of sperm whales had beached themselves. That mm. was the exact same sperm whales that I had was speaking to. So we're, our, our technology, our physical AI technology is actually messing with the divine energies of this planet and the divine energies in ourselves and in nature and in, in the oceans. It's, yeah. it's, it's creating what I call a, a, um, um, a symphony. So we have this divine symphony, but what it's doing, it's kind of creating this false light symphony on top of that, which is destructive. Right, I say, like cell phones, actually, if people would take this more seriously, the frequencies that cell phones are operating could actually be healing energies. And we talk about this a lot, because there's certain healing energies, there's certain disruptive energies. But no one takes it seriously in terms of the technology, so they just throw anything out, and it can be very harmful, not only to sperm whales, but even to ourselves, when you look at the overall picture of mm -hmm. 5G and even ultimately 6G. So I think people have to start realizing that our bodies are all vibration. All yes. of life is vibration. And the waters pick up on these vibrations even stronger than the air. I mean, we're talking about the elements. I mean, it's very vibratory. So Some of the astronauts actually were part of a group called the Society or the Brotherhood of the Dolphin, which included the late Carl Sagan, the remarkable mm -hmm. scientist. <laughs> because they felt that the dolphin's mind was so advanced that it took an evolutionary turn by staying in the ocean rather than evolving on land. And the dolphin was considered to be the policeman of the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean because it could handle so many different vibratory languages that was actually able to steer certain species away from captivity. Uh, and that was used in South Africa. Beach areas where the dolphins were used to guide the populace away from shark uh, infestation areas 
So putting this in practical language, we recognize that behind the scenes, for more than 45 years, there's been science looking at the powers of the mind, looking at dolphin communication, looking at the possibility that these are clues to the coming extraterrestrial communication language that we will need to download information and to more clearly see the picture of where we are in the cosmic scheme of things. We know the oceans are changing dramatically and we know the possibility that there can be massive loss of life if we do not pick up on the signals of our own sensitivity and be more respectful of Mother Nature and turn as it were uh, the, the misguidance of technology into a different direction. And when I say misguidance, competition, acquisition, consumption, which is just consuming, consuming, consuming without any realization of what this is doing to other life forms that inhabit our planet. So we asked, excuse me, we must pick up on that sensitive clue that's being given us at this time. Right, and I do believe, like the whales, the dolphins are, I've actually also in the morning one time had communication with the dolphin, very concerned about what's going on with the environment. I mean, that's the only way they can communicate because to us, and now people are starting to figure out there's some groups in England where the sound frequencies, we're able to actually understand their frequencies that they're sending and receiving and seeing the images that they're actually seeing by their sonar, which I think is a really big step for humanity. But ultimately, we feel that there are, even out in space, certain types of intelligences, like you find in the Egyptian uh, cosmology, You've seen, I think, connected with Anubis, and yes. we'll say there's the other bird-faced entities. Horus. Yeah, Horus and all the other ones. But also, I think there's also the dolphin-headed ones. There is, yeah. And, and so if you look at the headdress of the ancient Egyptians, it's in the shape of a dolphin. Even the uh, Catholic bishops, that's the Pope, true. uses a dolphin headdress. And they're called the fishmen. That's right. Yes. This the is fish a, kings. The fisher kings, This yes. was uh, an ancient knowledge that was in the Middle East, particularly on the altars of the ancient places of worship in Lebanon, in Syria, in Egypt proper, there is the idea of the fish as the sacred symbol, obviously adopted by the early Christians. Right. Oanis is one of them, and so we feel that these beings also had come to this planet, yes. and they're still they're still around. That's the thing. You can go back, you know, and talk about 2,000, 4,000 years of history from India and everywhere, the Vimana, but actually these beings now are back here really watching us, because I think we're graduating. I think, you know, yes. the quarantine that we've been <laughs> under for the last 6,000 years is going away. Maybe it's because of planetary collapse. Maybe it's the way we've been handling the environment. But anyway, they are back here now trying to guide us. And I think that some of the genetic codes that you find even with the dolphins and the whales have come from a coordination of other levels of intelligence and have brought them, I mean, this planet basically was terraformed, you know, a long time ago. And some, we believe some evolutionary systems evolved here naturally, but the majority were terraformed and beings that are on a higher level you don't have to be carrying their seeds down here to manifest. They actually can materialize. Like this is why a lot of our pictures in our books, we have dolphins and we have whales and we have doves representing the holistic picture okay. of where we are as a species. These are beautifully illustrated by my wife and an artist by the name of Mel Lyon. But it shows the human as the homo uh, sapiens sapiens, but we are also homo galacticus, galactic humanity. 
So we yeah, see they, here in the other, if I may carry on, we see here the, the galactic disk. We're beginning to discover that we are also homo universalis, universal humanity. And here in a picture drawn by one of my students in Mexico is a picture of a tall being, one of the visitors, very large but very spacious, that has a blue triangle over his head, suggesting that the pyramid was also a sign of evolution of how the higher mind, the human intelligence on one side of the brain and human intelligence on the other, formed this triad of knowledge. And we had to put on this higher geometry of evolution to be in touch with the cosmic design, the cosmic family. And I think this is extremely important. And then I want to show you this picture uh, that was taken approximately 20 years ago when I was lecturing in Mexico in the tall area of Tulum with the tall pyramid ruins as I was using ancient uh, expressions of the divine, suddenly light appeared around my body and a man taking a picture of his wife, whose face appears at the bottom of the picture, was able to capture in a few milliseconds this light shield that went around my body. I felt exalted. And those around felt a stream of energy pulse through their bodies. So what is this saying? It's saying that the pyramids are also energy collectors, yes. energy devices of some sort, they yes. can take human consciousness collectively and project it. And if one is correct, at certain times, that light can come back as a paraphysical event. And I can confirm this. So the pyramids would gather what I call the galactic light, light from the sun, the moon, the stars, the cosmos. Yeah. It would channel it directly into the center of the earth, which would yeah. bring the frequency of the earth up to keep the frequency of the earth high. Yeah. And so we had no deserts. We had no sickness. We had none of those issues because when the frequency of the earth is high, none of those things exist. And this is where you go back and you hear about mythology of people living for thousands of years. Because when you have enough energy, your system doesn't break down. So when they drilled a hole or they, they, they broke into the king's chamber, they broke down everything. So actually the energy coming through is going sideways, which is messing up the magnetic field of the planet, which is shifting it off out of balance too. So when I went to Egypt, that's what they told me. And they also told me the king's chair where he used to sit in and all the sigils, those sigils, when that cosmic light would come down, would come through the sigils well, through the hieroglyphs, which were like mag magic sigils, it would come through and go into the, um, the, the Pharaoh that was sitting on the chair and light him up into the highest consciousness of where he would then channel the different knowledge so that humanity could evolve because those beings came from another place, another dimension, and they came here to help th with the evolution of humanity. Right, so I believe also this is part of our cosmic family and we've been cut off and this is coming back whether you look at this picture or you go back, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years to Egypt. So those energies are now starting to come and even though we don't have to go back only to the king's chamber to have it. I believe that that energy is coming everywhere. And of course, the vortex points, Sedona being one of them, is more of a alignment place for those energies. But technically, anyone in a state of meditation, we create our, like our own mm -hmm. pyramid in, when we cross our legs and everything like that. And then we can bring in this energy and connect with, we'll say, our family that's really spiritual brothers and sisters, spiritual parents who are teaching us, spiritual guides that are there. So I think it's really important to realize that in the space-time overlap that we're going through right now, this higher consciousness is going to be available to everyone who's open. And the sad thing is most people are not open. People don't understand that this can happen to them. Because they have to be sensitized to understand their musical potential.
that we are working in the field of resonance harmonics. Mm -hmm. We are musical instruments, and when we activate all seven chakras or seals, we light up as we did in the interior of the Great Pyramid. This interesting picture was taken when we were doing work in Egypt many years ago. That's it shows the Grand Gallery lit up like a golden light, which it was. As I was at that time perhaps more gifted with my voice, I hit a high frequency. And all of a sudden that frequency cascaded off the walls of the ascending chamber and also the Grand Gallery and standing columnar waves of golden light appeared momentarily, and this is what you see here in this picture. So we did the musical studies of sound inside the Great Pyramid with permission of the Egyptian authorities. And this appears in our new book called Giza's Industrial Complex, which is suggesting the Egyptian heritage is much older, and the Egyptians were creating in the pyramids a repository of even earlier civilizations. Yes. We have found evidences of saltwater batteries, we found evidences of water hydraulics under the pyramid. We found evidences of glass chips that have heavy levels, or I should say strong levels of gamma ray radiation. They give off a blue-green light under an intensive study. We have shown that there is a, a gift of paraphysical science in the nature of the pyramid to be an energy production device. And I just want to add, there's legends that when Osiris himself was connected with the Earth, that he went around the planet and taught, but he didn't teach by teaching words, he actually taught by music. That's one of the major legends about Osiris. So it shows you that vibration is so important, and that's what resonates and connects. And Osiris has also in mythology been connected with Orion, and we believe Orion is really a gateway to this creation from higher dimensional realities. It's like a vortex point in our Milky Way. And you know, we're on the Orion arm of one of the Milky Way. That was a known back in 73 when we wrote the book. I came through the Orion gate to get here. Yeah, no, I, I know. Memory of it. That is yes. exactly right. And I, I have, have another friend too that actually did that and she told me like 30 years ago. So. I have a similar picture. <laughs> I have to send it to you when I was in Egypt and you could see the light and all the hieroglyphs just lighten up it was beautiful. So yes, and you know, I have this memory that they would gather around the pyramids and they would chant and that they could tune the entire planet from that just through the chanting. So this is something that I, I remember. And also, you know, we have temples and pyramids on other planets. Right. And even well, we were the first to disclose actual pyramids on Mars, the actual pictures from NASA in 1973, the Elysium Quadrangle on the surface of Mars shows Four huge pyramids, hundreds of times larger in your book. than that in Giza, and that's in the keys like of Enoch. I'd see that, because I, I often, uh, I go out of my body and go to the pyramids on Mars. So I remember Well, this is a Mars. story yet to be understood by the so-called planetary scientists, but the Russians have picked up on the work that we disclosed in oh, 1973. Yes. Here is a close-up of the major and minor pyramidal sets. You know what the mathematical distance mm -hmm. between the two tetrahedral forms and shapes that simply do not appear in regular form and distance by supersonic windburst. So these were, in my opinion, terraformed and left behind as clues to an energy grid system. And yes. Dr. Patrick Flanagan from Sedona was renowned for his understanding of how pyramids put together form an energy grid that produces additional energy. And that's what we find, and you believe also near Cottonwood here in Sedona, there was once a pyramidal city or grid. We have found such 
remarkable grid systems all throughout the world, which were energy vortex points. So from my memories, because you know, I'm, I'm very, I publicly speak about this, that I remember living on Mars and Venus and the entire system was connected. We were doing teleportation. We were traveling among the realms and there's this uh, pyramid system and it joined everything together and it would transfer light energy and keep all the planets in a high frequency. So Mars used to, it used to be tropical. The planets were all tropical before there was this fall that we before hear about. Before it lost its atmosphere. In fact, yes. Elon Musk wants to go back to Mars and be buried on Mars. So again, for many of you watching this interview, this might sound like crazy science fiction, but it's not because I was a private consultant behind the scenes and received permission to release the first pictures Perhaps this was done to test the current to see if the public was aware that Mars once had an atmosphere like our planet. Yes. And some of our colleagues at Jet Propulsion Lab believe that life first of all evolved on Mars and then was seated here through panspermia or th through other evolutionary possibilities. And we worked with Credo Muto, we did a film with him, and he said that his people, which are the Zulu people, they or have Africa. legends, that they actually were on Mars and they came here with what he calls Maracaiba. So they had vehicles that would go back and forth. But also, I believe that some of the pyramids could be, we'll say, teleportation devices. If I can take this one more step back to Orion, I think it's so exciting that uh, people talk about, in terms of the Lakota tribe, Te Yam Ni, which was a what they consider an animal. And the very backbone of the animal was the three stars of the belt of Orion, and then straight on one side was the Pleiades, which is something that Dr. Jack talks about. He says, we're coded really from the Pleiades. And then if you go straight down through the three stars, and this really happens in alignment even today, you get to Sirius. Sorry, R-I-U-S, Sirius so, the star. So if you go to the Great Pyramid, you have, and he was the first to really say this back in the 70s, you have the southern star shaft from the King's Chamber pointing to Orion, but you have the same shaft right underneath it from the Queen's Chamber pointing to Sirius. And so basically, this whole understanding of what Orion means, what Sirius means, being the feminine a woman energy, where Orion being the masculine, is all connected to who we are today and how we got so, here. So the Lakota Indians had this all worked out yeah. in a great sophistication. And we were privileged to release this. Unfortunately, I didn't have a literary agent like Robert Pavel, who basically <laughs> is credited for the three stars in the belt of Orion connected with the star shafts in the Great Pyramid. But our material was out 20 years before his, and in a roundabout way, we had the opportunity to also go to South Africa and other parts of the world and see that that same story prevail. So all cultures. And the Mayan as at well. At one time knew Orion and the Pleiades were basically central control for the evolutionary process or mechanisms we take for granted, which means we as humans have cosmic cousins. And they are our masters, they are our friends, but they are our, shall we say, social counterparts that want us to wake up as a human race mm -hmm. and avoid disaster and avoid all of this competition of turning everything into materialism where we forget about consciousness. Mm -hmm. We forget about the human capacity of a higher love and higher responsibility to life itself. I agree with that because we're getting stuck in dense matter and we're losing ourselves because of this. So, you know, what I remember is that I, I was living on Mars when a cataclysm happened and it was quite tropical. And what they did is they had remote viewers. They had priests and priestesses that traveled among the planets. In fact, the Egyptian pantheon, Hathor, 
she was from Venus. And then you had, uh, um, of course, Osiris. He's blue. He's from Sirius. They were the kings and queens of each planet, the high priests and priestesses of each planet. And when that cataclysm happened, they came to this planet to try to instill the consciousness so it wasn't lost in the 3D physical realms. But in my memory, they opened a portal they weren't supposed to to a previous creation that had lost its light because there are many different creations. And that came through and started to absorb the energy out of the 3D physical creation, where a lot of, whereas a lot of beings just resorted back into the higher realms because they, had, they were going back and forth through from physical bodies to the higher realms. They decided to not go into the physical realms because of this. And this caused this huge cataclysm that we read about and it spanned more than just Mars. It spanned among each planet, absorbed the energies of the planets, and caused a lot of chaos. Now, when I had that come through, and that because I remember so much, three days after in the news, it says that scientists said there was a previous creation to this creation in the solar system, and they were tapping into that. You know, it's interesting. Scientists are beginning to realize the importance of the ancient myths. Mm-hmm. And what you just said is to demythologize these figures. We take as the gods and realize they often represent actual stories yeah. of higher intelligence working through symbols that we can relate to. But there's more than just one person like Osiris. It's a whole civilization of Osiris types. Yes. Or Hathor, there's a whole civilization of those beings that can use telepathic communication. In so many ways, we're beginning to see the myth behind the myth and the science behind the science. But I like what you said because we believe that we were originally light beings and we had that potential to go into fifth or even eighth dimensional realities. And Dr. Jack talks about 24 dimensional realities. But, you know, some of us chose to be here in a three dimensional form. But that's not our, that's a limitation. I mean, we have the ability to go back into that light energy form as well. And I think that's part of our own evolution. And at least to function in our mental capacity with a fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension. And when we do remote viewing, that was part of our book with Elizabeth Rauscher, Mind Dynamics. She believed we're not um, seeing something on the other side of the planet by a three dimensional sending and receiving of energy, or even by an entangled uh, non-local awareness, she thinks we're actually going up into the eighth dimensional space, yes. and that's our own ability. And we need to develop this. So what is eighth dimensional space? It's the mirror of the first four dimensions. And the Egyptians considered their civilization the mirror of the heavens, which is to say converting four dimensions into eight dimensions. Mm-hmm. And in our pictures, of which we have a whole library, is a picture of how we can project our body into a higher body of vibration, into the fifth dimension and travel through the fifth dimension to these other planetary systems and come back. This is an actual picture that was illustrated by one of our great colleagues in, uh, in the Middle East. And it simply illustrates, again, what we have been able to scientifically show in the higher body contact experience where our human body goes into the over-self or the higher self, travels in other space and comes back and then downloads the information. And all great civilizations had their mental sensitives who could do this. That's why there were great civilizations, because they knew there were the other levels of divine intelligence. We were not stuck in simply a little isolated planet. We go back in history, we realize in India, in Egypt, these fantastic systems of cosmology and archaeology, these huge statues, the giants of the mind that were there. But we've unfortunately dismissed all of this as nonsense, and we've not had the scientific attunement. That is why we formed Desiree and I, the Academy for Future Science, because we believe that 
future science is a science guided by human consciousness and experience. Yes. But you That's also true. mentioned Overself, and we have a book called Overself Awakening because basically each one of us, we're just in the physical form, which is like this big compared to the Overself, which is so much larger. So we can tap into that Overself, which is our higher, really original divine being at any time that we, we want. want to. Mm -hmm. And that's something we really have to start doing and realizing we're here for a reason. At this time, it's a critical time to be on this planet because we can do so much more and we can also open our own limited consciousness reality right now to that greater infinite field. And, and that was so the ancient important. teachings of Melchizedek, the ancient teaching we find in the Old and New Testament and even the other traditions of the Middle East, that there was a higher teaching represented by a higher priest scientist called Melchizedek or Melchizedek who brought the science and spirituality together. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we're doing through the work of the Academy, is to make people aware of the greater heritage, opening the back door to the Old Testament, but also the front door to the future, recognizing that we are all connected with the divine spark, that we all have this destiny in space. And we begin to understand what this means. It means not simply to stay on Earth and look through telescopes, but to actually go out into space, to build cities on Mars, to go beyond the moon and recognize that we are should we see navigators of a whole new frontier of ongoing civilization? And we have all these powers, but we're in quarantine until we actually go into ourselves and discover the God self within. And you know, I actually I, I want to just say that I know who built this system. So I know how genetics work. I know how the very um, fabric of reality works. I know how time works, including Saturn. Saturn projects mm. time and reality and it's out of control right now, it was really hurt when it, there was that cataclysm. It's an ancient spirit. Each one of these planets are ancient spirits. And we're not talking to the spirits. We're so disconnected from our own spirit and from the spirits that we live upon. The mountains are spirits, the trees are spirits, all is spirit. We're so disconnected and we're hurting other spirits. By hurting other spirits, we're also hurting ourselves and the very, uh, our very planet. So Saturn told me recently, Saturn said, okay, I project time and reality. In ancient times, people or beings would sit down and they would project to Saturn what reality they wanted. So if they wanted fertile crops, if they wanted health, and Saturn would project that back. We're not doing that anymore. Well, it's interesting that NASA scientists found that in the rings of Saturn, one was called the F ring, that showed the helix of DNA, RNA. And so Jim Warwick in Colorado, when he first saw the pictures coming back, on our probe into the Saturn system said, well, there is the whole mystery of life in the rings of Saturn. The whole braided ring of the DNA was right there. So what you're saying in a higher metaphorical sense is the realization that we are rediscovering ourselves, not only through our sister planets, but as Gustav Holtz indicated, the great European musician, in the sounds of the planets, in the music of the spheres, what the ancient Greeks called the music of the universe, we begin to see the planets represent the seven chakras, the seven levels of knowledge that we must attune to. And I guess this would go along with what uh, uh, Gordy Cooper told me, the famous astronaut, in his book called The Leap of Faith. He said that really we have to be in attunement really with the divine design. He was the first really cosmonaut astronaut who prayed in outer space and realized that the extraterrestrial presence was for real. And this is what he wrote about in his book, that we should be aware that when truth comes down from Washington, that we're not alone in the universe, we must be ready to have this greater leap of faith. Well, 
you know, I also want to confirm what you guys said about higher spirits manifesting instantaneously because that's what I remember with the spirits of the planets, that they were in another realm and they decided to manifest into the physical 3D to create more creation because, you know, there's the whole thing of God says, go and create. And us on this planet, we're devolving, we're destroying creation ourselves, we're, me we're meant to create and evolve. But we're doing the opposite of that. We're worshiping death rather than life. And so, yes, I remember the first, like even the sun, I speak to it a lot and it, it manifested from the other realms into this realm. Absolutely, because the thing is, we're individualistic. We're seeing things from what we call self-will. And when we can shift that to see that we're part of an interconnection with all life from the birds, the you know, plants, everything, then we start shifting that energy and that energy becomes bright again, you know, as you were saying, because at one point it is darkness. And when it becomes no bright, the plastic holograph breaks. <laughs> so young people realizing that plastic credit cards Although they have advantages to the super rich, are not the way to go. Plastic civilization cannot sustain itself. It has to collapse. And in the death of our resources, the non-renewable resources, in the beaching of dolphins that you speak about, what we've seen, whales, whales yeah. but both, all throughout the world, Mother Nature is saying that, no, we must change the whole fabric of life and realize that we are living spiritual beings in human form. And we really are eight-dimensional, we'll even say 24-dimensional beings, and this is just one little aspect of ourselves, and we keep ourselves so limited, we need to develop that greater love, that greater understanding, that, that understanding of the consciousness field that we're part of, and put positive energy into that consciousness field. If we're negative all the time, we're only receiving negative things from the field and we're only putting negative things into the field. That's not helping the planet, that's not helping each other, that's not helping us. For those of you who are watching the program, if you have a negative uncle or cousin, <laughs> tell them about this book, My Dynamics <laughs> in Space and Time, because we have the best physicists and mathematicians in the U.S. who have signed off with this book, The Real X-Files, that shows the power of the mind to break through the plastic mentality because we cannot sustain life if we simply are always swimming in materialism. We have to decide within ourselves there's more to life. And when we have self-realization, when we find the social and mental dynamics of expanding our consciousness, then life is a joy. We, we share the love, we share the miracle of the human heartbeat of what it can do for a whole new civilization here but also one we're building for the future but most importantly we tune into our higher selves and our spiritual guides whether they be from greater realms or from Orion or from wherever and then they're helping because they have they're going beyond time so they know past present and future that's something we're not so consciously aware of so by listening to that still small voice within we're able to do more and we're able to accomplish more we're able to do miracles literally and so we should be sensitized to that and move forward and there is life that is out there all the time trying to feed us information best to take the highest level of information we can get and really it's divine information that is available and that's the importance of your program that you are honest conversations <laughs> and your depth of understanding the other subjects that were forbidden to talk about till recent times you see how this is coming together like a fabric with the we call a mandala a mental and a physical picture of how the threads of life from the east from the west and the north and the south and from ourselves from our own consciousness are weaving together a new outreach a new possibility and that's 
with keeping us, the conversation of life, going into the future. It's um, very deep, emotionally deep for me because I speak to the different spirits. So I feel the ocean in pain. I feel the different spirits in pain. So I have deep compassion on this. And it's, um, I traveled here to help out with the planet in the awakening. And one of the biggest things I think that this planet faces right now is the fact that people don't know how their, their physical body, which is ancient divine tech works along with their soul energy. So just like Saturn creates time and reality, we have Venus that's connected up to the heart chakra. And we're not actually charging ourselves anymore. This is one of the biggest problems the ETs have told me, the spirits have told me, many different beings. They said nobody's charging themselves. So then we have energy vampires you know, that are feeding off the planet. They're feeding off of other spirits. They're feeding off their children, their family. And that's why we have angry uncles <laughs> and, and all of those things. So the biggest thing is to learn how to bring the energy into us. And we can only bring that energy into us when we go up, when we, high, high, when we bring our frequency up. So like the picture of you in the light there, and I have um, something similar actually when I was doing the George Nori interview uh, Beyond Belief on Gaia, that you could tell there's all this light because I went straight up into there and I started to. It's let the vertical it, yes. ascension through all of the chakras to all the energy points of our body. Right. And it's the realization that we are here to make a difference. We are here at a critical time to awaken people, all people, really, to the social and the spiritual dynamic that's coming together. And this is why this is so important in our conversation. All of you who are watching this program, again, there's a whole a whole library of information ready to be released from our cosmic friends, our cosmic family. And to use an illustration, if we take a Persian or a, a rug from Afghanistan and turn it upside down, it's the inner threads on the backside, the interconnectedness of the inside, what's inside each of us, yes. between the vibratory system of our heart chakra, between the throat chakra, between the microtubules in the body, is the inner weaving of the carpet of life or the design of life that's up to us now to attend to. And again, this is why we need new information, but we need new wisdom to balance. We need new science, but it has to be future science that sees a positive future, not the end story. And we need to learn from Mother Nature that we're not isolated. But just as the waves and just as the life forms in the oceans correspond, so also we with the breath of the dolphin are the future as it were navigators of space. In fact, Carl Sagan, before he died, said when we build cities in space, we should have aquariums in these space cities with dolphins inside because they have a better communication system and they can detect with the sensitivity the real powers of space. And so we put that out as a possibility that we cannot go into space without learning from the whales and the dolphins, their experience that covers three quarters of Mother Earth. But we also can't go out into spiritual space until we understand that the body is only one manifestation for and a temporary one technically for the soul that's mm -hmm. also connected yes. with the spirit with 70 percent water within so yes. we are a living ocean within a dynamic that is yet to be found a future that has to be forged but also we have a certain sense of unity and teamwork that has to be brought together. But I'd like to emphasize the fact, in addition to the soul, that spirit connection that we all have to bring forth. And when we do, just think of yourself as really being walking light beings. We can still have the physical form yes. and we use it for what we need to do here. But technically, the soul is really striving to have that connection with that divine spirit. And that is the God code. Exactly. And it's all about electrical energy, how much electrical energy we have 
pulsing through our system and channeling through our system. So if you look at the ocean, it's full of minerals. And I looked at this mine of Ra and then L, mm. and the minerals collect the cosmic energies of the moon, the sun, the stars, which charges the ocean and makes it alive. Nowadays, most people are depleted in minerals. So people are like the pond that's rotten. And look at a pond that has no minerals and it's rotten. In. And so, so we're walking around kind of like that pond that's rotten in and there's not this electrical energy coming through. When that electrical energy comes through, that's when we access God because God is an energy force. Yeah. Or the divine God source, whatever label people want to say, but it's actually a source of energy. And a lot of people are disconnected from that source of energy. And I know we don't want to talk too much about healing, but basically when that link from soul and spirit come together, and we do believe, I mean, there is the God, God and Godhead, but there's also emanations from that that connect the spirit to our soul. And so with that, you actually can start changing the cells of your body. And I, I won't say remineralizing, but you can basically <laughs> change them into, we feel one of the greatest ways of healing is to bring in that soul spirit into your physical cells. And that's why, you know, you can be well, because it's constantly bathing your cells of your body with a higher life vibration, which it needs to flourish. And that's why you guys are so glowing and vibrant. <laughs> well, Sarah, we thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And to continue this conversation across Mother Earth, across the world. And across the stars. Don't forget Into Ryan. the stars. Ryan, Pallini, Sirius, and Arcturus is another one we throw in from the Kizu. And by the way, I go into 22D. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you were just talking about yes. that, yes. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. It was a pleasure. And I remember when I was quite young, walking around this with this book at the airports and everyone was, was walking up to me. They were like, is that... What is that? Are you the it's Illuminati? A, it's, a code, <laughs> like, it's a code book and begins with this multicolor pyramid. So think of the pyramids on Mars, think of the pyramids in Egypt. Think of now what they're seeing over countries and over the, actually the US Pentagon in the year 2018, December 19th, a pyramidal form appeared, a paraphysical pyramid actually appeared, uh -huh. which is suggesting there's a whole new language of symbols in space that are guiding us to understand our ancient heritage right, and the future possibility. Over the Pentagon, it appeared over the Kremlin, and the Navy has picked up on this as well. We don't think it's just military. We think the it only book the other that side. mentioned 2004, which is the time that the U.S. Pentagon has now used to release its official documents of contact. And so we are in a modality, in a chapter of contact. So all of you out there, smell the coffee and realize there's more to coffee by the divine breath may the divine father the divine christ the cosmic christ the divine mother in all of her names radiate the love as you uh, sarah and all the masters of life from the buddha to, to krishna to all the traditions we're all awakening now it's all being fulfilled. in the dance of the divine family within our heart may humanity be enlightened and blessed and heal and and ascend into wholeness again Thank amen you. amen to that Thanks for um, thanks for tuning into this podcast, everyone. And again, thank you guys. It's always a pleasure seeing you guys. You guys have done amazing work for this community and for the enlightenment of the planet. Thank you. Thank you.